Hey, my name is Nancy from WTSR. I'm here with Ryan, Kevin, Daniel, and Dave from A Million Sweethearts. What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for doing. So we'll be chatting about the music that you've brought for World College Radio Day on October 2nd, 2020. So to discuss your first track, um, it's called Mave a Day Shine. So Mave a Day Shine is, it's a very warm dynamic song and the lyrics especially stand out as like such a comforting guide. So how did you first, um, when it comes to creating music, how do you like, what are some of the first steps you take to the process and as a band in general, how do you collaborate? Uh, well, I guess as a as of right now, how the the whole way we've been doing it is, um, you know, I'm I'm traditionally kind of a singer songwriter kind of guy. So I write I write a song on an acoustic guitar um, that can be played uh, kind of solo, um, with the intent of you know being able to take it to something like an open mic or just being alone um, and sing the song and hopefully it can stand on its own. And then then these guys make it sound good. So. That's kind of that's kind of been the process so far. Um, lyrically, I guess um, when I don't have a whole formal process, but I guess uh, just the whole process I use for writing songs, I kind of come up with a melody first, uh, kind of an idea and a theme for what I want the song to be about, and kind of how it makes someone feel, and I kind of mold lyrics and uh, words and stories around that. So. You know, it's there are some songs where where Kev will bring to us and we're like, oh, cool, like here's you know we got something right away, uh, and we'll play to it. And other times, like we'll sit on it. Sometimes we might sit on it for like a month and we'll keep hashing out like different tempos, uh, different instrumentation, maybe you know maybe no drums, maybe more piano, and eventually, like you know, we'll create something that like is what is in his head, you know, or or what's in our head that he's like, oh wow, I never thought of it like that. And then there's the song. Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then you know we uh you know we, we I get a lot of inspiration from just listening to other musicians and people uh people on the scene. You know we're local, we're, we're from Queens, Astoria, so get a lot of inspiration from a, uh, a lot of the musicians around us. And um, you know like oh man, I wish I could make it sound like that, and I wish I was that cool. So then Dave and makes a cool keyboard part. Ryan just lays some nice licks down and. All of a sudden it sounds, you know, oh wow, it sounds good. So since you're all from um, the Astoria, Queens area, um, how has the location influenced your sound, do you think? Um, I guess, uh, you know, like we all, our practice space, um, we practice in, our practice space used to be in Astoria, but everything's kind of on hold and people are, you know, shifting to different areas of the whole pandemic. But uh I guess for I don't know about what how these guys would what these guys would say, but I'd say uh, I, I I used to I used to be before the pandemic like obsessed with going open mics and listening to other songwriters. Um, so just formally, like a lot of times, um, you would you would write a song specifically because you you go to these open mics and New York City has so many good songwriters. Um, you want to make it sound good for these other musicians and kind of inspire them to do something good, and they inspire you to do something good. Um, and you just want to be you you want to be able to impress them with the song. So you know, that's one of my biggest motivations. Like at one point when I moved to the city, I was going to like an open mic or a song club every day of the week. 
Yeah, I think it's just nice also being able to uh, be so close to the city that we can go check out shows all the time. Like, there's always something going on. Like, even at our local bars, there's, like, you know, Tuesday nights were, like, jazz night, you know, or, like, but, like, weird fusion jazz. Mm -hmm. So, like, it definitely plays an influence of, of like, being around it so much uh, and just hearing different stuff. And, yeah, you know, it creeps in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Just you know, the the amount of people that are around, uh, you know, musicians that that you can meet on any given day that can influence you in in any situation. Uh, you know, I've had some weeks where like I'm I'm playing uh, in a, in a traditional Irish band up in the up in the Bronx, and then uh, you know a few weeks later we're you know I'm at a, a a blues club or whatever. You know, so it's like who knows. Uh, so I think that's kind of cool because when we do bring our ideas together, we we think about those things. They may not come through sound wise, but like, oh, you know, well, it's there, you know, and I think we definitely respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how the band was formed, too, because like we all, you know, all of us were in uh, different bands before this band, and, you know, and like Dan said, all of us are in other existing projects and, uh, you know, we're involved with a, a lot of things like Dave and Dan uh, were in this other great band called Evening Darling. That was that's uh, a story based. Ryan was in this band called Side Saddle. I was in this band with Tim, the bassist, and, the, and Gantry. So we were, we're all pretty, you know, like to be involved with a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. which influences the Million Sweethearts a lot. How would you categorize your sound exactly like if you were to place in a genre? Do you think indie has become too broad, like, of a scope? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I always have a really tough time answering that question. Like, I usually just say, I go pretty formal. I'm like, oh, that's the five piece, two guitars, bass, drums, vocals. Uh, or I'll try to pick a, I try to pick a song that I guess we sound like, but I don't want to limit it. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I have a tough time answering that. I feel I like think genres are, I think genres are hard. I think the indie genres, yeah, I agree. I think it's just too big. I mean, I'm always back and forth between like indie, Americana, Sometimes alternative, sometimes less alternative. Uh, but then again, it's just kind of like, you know, like Kevin said, you just kind of reference other bands to sort of have people pinpoint, you know, if this band and this band were to have a baby, that's what we sound like. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, don't think so much into it. It's like, you know, you spend time like trying to like, what is my sound? Well, just just play and that's your sound, you know, and, and there it is. But yeah, it is a big genre, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, even if you're like messing around online, you're looking up like all the subgenres, you're like, oh, indie Americana, like what David's saying, or indie, indie bedroom lo-fi pop. It's all cool, you know, um, <laughs> how, how, however you want to look at it. I think it's all awesome. But yeah, I, I think we've, we've, we've kind of talked about what we are, but I would agree. It's more like, oh, what bands do we really like? And then who are we trying to maybe like pay respect to when, when we write and play? Yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum, it's the worst one. Like, you know, you think of yourself one way in your head and you're like, oh man, this song sounds like such and such a band. And then someone comes up and they're like, oh, you sound like, I don't want to give any band names I don't like, but you yeah. sound like this band and you hate that band. And you're like, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. So when it comes to like interacting with fans, how has that shifted with the coronavirus? So, like with people giving you feedback or like 
talking to you about your music? Oh man, I, my response is I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to kind of navigate through this. Like, like I said, like, um, like we were, our plan originally was, you know, to release this at like last March timeframe or May, and then, you know, maybe play some shows out of town, like little mini tours and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. that all like went out the window. So um, I don't know, like, um, you know, we, we decided, you know, next month would probably be a good month to just release it and get it out there. Cause you know, I kind of, there's no, there's not going to be a perfect time. Um, but interacting with fans, I guess all we got right now is social media and I've done some live streams. I'm not like totally comfortable even with that stuff yet. So I don't know. I, like, uh, I've been going to open mics again that they've been opening up outside and I love that. Um, but yeah. So for your second track, Heaven, um, could you tell us a bit about the story behind this song? Especially like it's like the, the lyrics, like what you do in sun in your old man's clothes never made it to heaven. Like, what's the imagery behind this song? Like, when you were creating this, uh, I guess when I when I wrote the song, um, I guess when, when I write songs, I don't like to be too specific about like situations or um, because then I think for the listener, it kind of it, it kind of isolates people if it's if it's too specific for something. Um, so when I wrote the song, uh, for me personally, in in the back of my mind, um, you know myself and all the guys in the band included you know you know we're we all have day jobs and stuff and like i work i work in um in pretty industrial setting um which you know you're you know you're a product of your own environment and i'm no exception like so a lot of uh, my day-to-day -day activities at work or at home and family and friends influence my writing so at, at work um heaven was kind of inspired by um a lot of the the people i interact with on a daily basis um, their and kind of their lives and their influences on me and the things I see. So it's kind of a um, an homage and kind of to me a dedication because I really respect the guys I work with and um, and kind of to honor them, I guess, and um, just kind of tell a story about what I see in my daily activities. With that same observation, like I know you were talking about playing open mics, like how does playing open mics um, compare to playing as a band in general? Or do you, like, do you all perform together in open mics or I guess just? Um, I mean, we haven't, I guess we could, we have never tried it. <laughs> Nobody uh... wants a drummer at an open mic. I'll just, I'll just hang out <laughs> and cheer you on. <laughs> We've, we've played a few uh, little, like, you'll play with Tim sometimes, do some vocals for you. Um, I played uh, guitar with you, but it's usually, I would say, just you at these open mics. Yeah, yeah, usually at the open mics, it, it's just me. And then, um, I mean, like I said earlier, the goal, like, if someone comes up after and says, you know, oh, I love that song, um, and I get that repeatedly, you know, I kind of use it as a meter to be like, oh, okay, that's a keeper. If you know no one says anything, I'm like, oh, it's probably a reason. So, <laughs> or have to change something, you know. Um, but then, uh, but then, yeah. And I like to write the song so that they can kind of stand alone, and you can format them a little differently. And mm -hmm. uh, but, and then when you're with the band, you can make it sound completely different. It's a totally different vibe. Um, kind of working off of each other, even sing different, play different. It's great. Yeah. Would you say that you, uh, like, with your songs, when do you know that they're, 
complete like when there it's like there's like they're like near perfection like or do you always just kind of improvise and shift it along like with live performances um i think it's hard yeah we leave the wind at some point you just have to walk away and be like i'm done with it um you know i I actually i also have like a rule like if i start going too long like minutes wise um i'm like oh that's a sign that this is getting a little too wordy or you know you know maybe i'm feeling it but probably if i go past the four or five minute mark uh, people are not going to feel it uh they want something else i don't know um but usually uh in my mind if it like if it if it lyrically if it says what i want it to say if it's in that time frame um then i'm and people give me positive responses and i'm like all right that's it's probably that's good i'll stop because you can you can go down a rabbit hole where it just never ends well also uh i would say like as far as like writing in this band like you know we played in a bunch of bands together this is one of the first uh or at least one of the few that I've like, you know, we, we kind of write in the room, like Kevin will bring a song to us and then, you know, we'll jam on it. And as far as like the rest of us go, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're creating parts in the moment and trying to create stuff and some of it sticks, some of it doesn't, but generally like we don't like demo these songs out, um, you know, track by track and we just go back and forth on like pro tools or something we generally don't do that. So it's like, you got to kind of figure out your parts in the room and then, you know, we'll, we'll workshop those quite a bit. And then once we go into the studio, like we play those live and that's, that's kind of what sticks. There's, there's no real, like, eh, let's try it a little this way. Let's try it a little. It's like the song is there kind of, you know, in the room uh, before we go to record. Yeah. I think there's always like the small, like I, I think we keep opportunity open for like nice surprises, especially the more you play something live, like, you know, there's like, things aren't going to be the same. And it might just be like little nuances that even maybe only we notice, uh, but that after doing something a number of times, but oh, like, that's not how we intended to sound. Or you go back and listen to like your recording a year or two later, like, wow, we played the song a lot faster than we used to, but it's cool and we like it. Um, So there's always room for that. But I, I do agree that like at some point it's like, okay, I think we've said what we had to say and let's, you know, move on and, and hope that that, you know, will translate across to other people. How has the actual like production of your music, has it shifted um, throughout like the your careers, like in, in the music industry, has it been um, putting together songs and stuff like in studio? Do you find that there's a lot more independence and in being able to do it yourself? Um. I mean, Ryan, Ryan is the professional among all of us that has the best <laughs> pro tools and, you know, he does that for, he's involved with that for a living. So, I mean, me personally, I've always, um, I've done all my recording with um, an engineer in the studio. Um, usually somebody I, from my experience, I know or had, or I've known other people have used and have good experiences um, with. Um, that's always how I've done it. And with this band, uh, we've recorded with two different, uh, in two different studios with uh, two different sets of engineers. Um, and um, the exp- I, I like working with different engineers on different projects just because, you know, um, it gives, it makes the song, I feel like it sounds different at the end. And um, I think it, 
changes a lot of how you you write and produce other songs. With COVID, though, I've been trying to learn how to use uh, Logic and send ideas to to the guys, but uh, not that. Yeah, good. I keep getting these weird file formats in my Dropbox. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what's a dot AFX. I'm like. <laughs> Kev, I don't know if you put that in the folder correctly. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been working it. Yeah, I know. It, it's been fun. I, that was my little goal, too. Like, let's learn how to record ourselves and, you know, bought some mics. And, yeah, it's so confusing, but it's cool. And when you do get something cool, you're like, wow, all right, I think I figured it out. And then most likely you didn't figure it out. Like, yeah. like what Ryan was saying, who knows? Like, I'm probably doing something completely wrong, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Actually, we sent Ryan just like a screenshot of my logic. Hey, listen to this. <laughs> 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 looks great buddy sounds I, I don't know i don't i don't know yeah. what it sounds like <laughs> yeah it's interesting how like coronavirus has shifted like would you say it's shifted the way that you create music just in general of being able to brainstorm ideas and stuff like would you say that you go to technology like yeah i don't know if that makes sense I don't know. I'm still trying to adjust to it. Like, yeah. in the beginning, I, I thought like, like, oh man, I'm gonna have all this time to songwrite and everything, but I've just been very stressed. <laughs> like, um, it's starting to, I'm starting to now, like once I'm, I guess like anything, I'm getting comfortable with COVID, which kind of stinks, but um, now I'm, I'm able to kind of focus a little bit more on songwriting and um, maybe we can figure something out as a band going forward, you know, but uh I've just personally been getting used to COVID, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, it's different, but uh, a major positive that I like is when demos do go out and I can just go in the basement at any time, whenever I want and whenever I have an idea and I can get to work. Whereas, you know, when we met in the studio, you know, we're like, all right, it's nine. Let's, we're here till midnight and then you know you're kind of getting tired you're getting sleepy you got things you got work the next day so with the whole pandemic I did not mind the uh the ability to work from home and then kind of let ideas marinate and jump right in whenever you are ready and send things off and tweak and send things off again uh I had a good time with that mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a slower pace. I think, you know, it's kind of just, uh, you know, despite everything going on in the world right now, it's like, okay, maybe it's okay to take a break and not rush through stuff. And, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, and well, and it makes it that much sweeter when we can get back in a room together and, and play and, you know, maybe do shows again one day. Yeah. The hardest part is when you call up someone and you're like, can you try this, you know, this thing that you do, you know, it sounds like, like, Dan, do like a, does that that make sense? Is that what they you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's not easy. But. No, no, it's not. But I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. How did you learn to develop your voice? Like, did you take lessons, or it's like, did it just come naturally for you? Just something? Uh, I I never really thought I was a good singer until I came to New York and realized that. Uh, I don't have to sound like kind of like a theater person, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because like, I never had a lot of confidence doing it because I was in bands in like high school and college. Um, and I always sang like backing vocals, um, but I never sang up front. And I took, uh, I took uh, maybe a couple singing lessons 
uh, when I was in high school and did the whole breathing exercises and the, the scales. And um, I, sang, I sang a lot of, uh, I learned to, I did a lot of practice with uh, Jesus Christ Superstar songs. <laughs> so I feel like all the songs by heart still. Like, uh, yeah, so you're the Christ, you're the Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, this is, this is the first I'm hearing of that. That's, yeah. that's, Whoa. that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would just be in a room with a guy on piano, closed door, singing Jesus Christ Superstar. And that was yeah. how I went to sing. Kev, do you want to talk about it more? How <laughs> <laughs> much time you got? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I feel like it's, sometimes it's just like, I, like there shouldn't be like an algorithm of how like figuring out how to sing or even like what's like this like typical theater sound it's like I don't know it's part of the beauty I guess of music yeah I yeah think Kevin has a pretty unique voice as well like it's I mean you know obviously you listen to the the songs but like uh just in real life it's surprising how much control Kevin has like it's not like an affectation or like it's actually his real singing voice, which um, is, I don't know, it was surprising, but I was like, oh, damn, like, that's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so for your um, third and final track, Fortune's Left Behind, I wanted to ask about just general um, values of, like, I guess, musicianship with, like, how you all come together. Are there certain, so, Kevin, um, the the band's name, Million Sweethearts, is influenced by your grandfather, who's a musician. Um, how exactly, how did you all, I guess maybe I should have asked this beforehand, like in the beginning, but like just getting into music, what is, what gives you passion for like creating music as a band? Um, well, I guess all of our answers would be different, but with, um, with Fortunes Left Behind, that was our first, uh, our, the first time we recorded something all together. And um, that was, I think, I guess I'm trying to think of the chronic, chronic, uh, the order of how we wrote these songs, but Fortunes Left Behind was, uh, I guess, one of the first songs we played together as a band and we kind of composed together as a band and recorded. Um, it was, for me, it was great because it was once that whole experience was done and you listened to the track, like all of us, I mean, I think I was really, really happy and excited with the end product and I was like, wow, this sounds really freaking good. You know, like every little part of it just kind of fits together. And, um, you know, the keys, the guitar, the drums, the bass, the vocals, like everything sounded like, like awesome. It's not how I want, want it to sound. And like, mm -hmm. wow, this, it was a great experience. And it just like motivated you to keep going forward. You know, it's like, this is, was successful. Mm -hmm. Just re it's really inspiring and motivates me to write other songs. Like, cause I wanted to see what else we could do. Yeah, I think that that experience of recording that song being our first, uh, it was really exciting because we had been playing together, you know, just mostly jamming, you know, and like working on a few of Kevin's songs in that shitty little studio. Uh, and uh, it, it was really fun. And we were like, you know, there's, there's really nothing like, uh, as a musician, being in a small room with a bunch of other people and the the music just kind of fills you up, you know, it's like, uh, it's a real, like, um, I don't know, really, really good feeling. It's, it's really nice. And, uh, then 
being able to go into a studio and have somebody kind of be able to put that on tape for us and it sound like, oh yeah, we weren't just, you know, in our heads about it. It really does sound pretty decent, you know, and, and him taking that and kind of um, filtering it in his own way uh, is just, there's nothing really like it as a musician. Yeah, and also like as, a, as like a band, just to go off that, like, you know, being in a band like anything else, you know, you're dealing with different people. And when you do something together with like uh, a group of other people and successful, it like, um, it really feels good. And it's like, all right, we did, we did this together. You know, like we didn't kill each other. <laughs> you know, I guess it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward, what are some upcoming projects that you'd like to, to share like with the station or like, are there, you said there's a release in October. Yeah. So, uh, we recorded, um, a six song EP, which, the original plan was made the day shine and heaven are on it and we were just going to roll right into it so uh we've been kind of sitting on that we recorded it last september um and we're finally just going to pull the trigger and release this uh full six song ep uh in the next month sometime uh so we're really looking forward to that and, and you know going forward hopefully play some shows next year and maybe record something else do you think there'll be any so like with planning for shows next year do you think like just in the area do you find that there would be changes to maybe how you'll perceive performing like would it i guess maybe it's something that's now valuable it's like yeah i mean i guess you know if we want to play something soon or next month we're gonna to have to go for an outdoor show obviously um so that's something we're gonna to have to pursue and we're gonna to have to figure out how to practice we haven't figured that out yet so uh hopefully those two things playing outside and practicing we'll we'll figure it out i hope yeah. <laughs> and i also wanted to ask about just like since like um wtsr is a college radio station how would you suggest um young artists if even if they're starting in college or whatnot how would you suggest that they pursue their music um you know i just say you know keep never stop doing it or never never get discouraged um you know i i feel like i'm constantly trying to get better uh you know i still you know always want to improve um just never stop and don't let anybody tell you can't do it um always try to learn um and you know if you got advice please tell us yeah. <laughs> I would say, you know, as a musician, not necessarily a songwriter, but as like a musician, like take every gig, like anything that's offered to you, no matter how lame it might sound like, oh, it's the it's the farmer's market up the street and your parents are going to be there. Like, take it, play it like you never know who you're going to meet. Um, I met some really cool people on some gigs that I I may have not been too excited about and still play with those people um, or still get called for other things from those people and, and, and you can end up making some good money or just meeting great people or just learning how to play live. So there's, there's never a gig that's like not good enough. I feel like mm -hmm. always keep an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. I would say too, like, like, like Dan said, like always, always be a nice person with these things. Always try to, you know, learn from yes. everyone in, in the scene because mm -hmm. it's really hard. Like, and uh, you know, you never know, you know, you know, when, 
uh, your interactions will come back to you and when you could get when you could get a gig from somebody that you met at a, another gig like five years ago you're like oh man I remember you Hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at 91.3 FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org, on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.